Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, on the occasion of the upcoming 11th Beatles Marathon, now called Sgt. Peppercorn's Marathon, I spoke with my friend, Joe Peppercorn. We discussed how the marathon started, what the marathon will be like this year, how Joe prepares for the show, why he does this, and the general need for musicians to have validation, and why, if someone asks to play cowbell, you should always let them play cowbell. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com slash confluence. The Confluence Cast is sponsored by Art Makes Columbus, Columbus Makes Art, featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here virtually with Joe Peppercorn, the leader, originator of formerly known as the Beatles Marathon, currently referred to as Sergeant Peppercorn's Marathon. Joe, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. 11 years ago. 10 years ago. This is the 11th ten one, years ago? 10 years ago. This is the 10th anniversary, actually. Got Today is? Oh, my gosh. It actually is. Hey. Hey, look at that. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, December 27th of 2010. 10 years ago, we were both door guys in some capacity at this little hole-in-the-wall bar right outside of Grandview called Andy Man's Treehouse. What did you do on this day 10 years ago? Well... I got up, took care of my son. Then I frantically worked on Beatles songs for four hours, went to music go around and went to micro center and then went to the treehouse and played every Beatles song in a single. At that time, I think I got through the whole thing in eight and a half hours because I was just breakneck speed on all the early stuff. Cause okay. it was the whole, the whole point was just to play every song. It wasn't necessarily, were you by yourself? Totally. I set up instruments and told people, I'm like, hey, if you know any of the songs, I'm doing them in chronological order. Um, some pe- So some people showed up and, you know, played with mixed results. Right. Um, but Chris, who plays bass through the whole show, he played like half of it. And he was great. You know, he had he had his notes in front of him. We'd never rehearsed or anything, but he was able to kind of make it up as he went along. And he definitely brought the whole thing together and then you know there were several drummers in the house and you know people knew some songs so they were singing along it it was fun why did you do it um because i felt very inspired and emotional uh, a friend of ours had passed away who ran that bar named andy andy davis he had passed yeah. away that summer the uh, the year before he and i had sang abbey road um or attempted to get through abbey road i didn't know how to play all of abbey road i knew bits and pieces and he's like oh we're gonna sing the whole thing 
So we kind of made it up as we went along. And that definitely inspired me. I, I was thinking, oh, what if I did that for every song and maybe got a little bit more prepared? And I was a little mm -hmm. bit more prepared, but I wasn't very prepared. Um, you know, I, I had the iPad had just come out so I could put my notes there and scroll through. And, you know, now we do the thing from memory. But at the time it was, you know, that wouldn't I, I threw the thing together in like two weeks. So th there's no way I could memorize all the. But I knew some of the songs and and my son was just born. So I was inspired by becoming a parent. And, you know, I, I just turned 30. And so it was transitioning to a new period of my life where before, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm recording music, making, writing music all the time, you know, playing other people's music as well. But, you know, I, I was definitely in a place where I was transitioning out of my 20s. And, you know, the 20s tend to be a more selfish time. And so I was mm -hmm. thinking, what are things that I could do to make other people happy and not just myself? From there, how long was it at the Treehouse? Just one year. Okay. And then where did you go? I forget. Actually. Kobo. It was the Old Fields, Kobo, Jacob, Wooten. Uh, we did that for two years. Um, the second year, we, we actually booked a Bluestone massive venue in 2012 because we knew that Kobo wasn't big enough, but we pulled, I, I knew we weren't ready for it. So I, we, knew there'd be a line around the door and there was, but it kind of worked out because it built up, you know, mystique and demand for the show. And, and at a time where we weren't really ready, because, you know, we, we were, I was still learning how to try to run a band through 215 songs. Right. Not have everyone hate me and figure out how good do, do the songs have to be, you know, now, mm -hmm. now we can be like, Oh, they have to be, this has to be the best version of this song that anyone's heard heard anyone play right um, but at the time it's like ah what's good enough and and you know i i'm, I'm having kids at the time like i knew livia was born in 2011 so those first few years were really really hard they were really exciting because we were i was learning something new all constantly you know doing the show meant literally learning the songs and there's right. a there's a part of that that i miss because now i'm still learning the songs but it's like very specific like oh he actually bends to the six not the seven oh the way he sings this vocal is more nasally you should try to do that oh let's rearrange this song because nobody needs to hear it exactly the same again you know just so it's it's still fun but there was there's there's like a purity to those first few years that i that i still look back on fondly even though it was it was insane and it was hard i mean just six hours during the day taking care of kids changing diapers and like trying to learn these songs right and so is your goal with it to recreate as close to the recorded version of the song that it is sometimes sometimes that's like because that's a fun challenge you know if, if you try to make you know get all the guitar tones right get the drum tones right get the bass tone and then get all the vocals sounding dial dial not just dialed in but timbre wise the way that the Beatles sounded that's fun uh definitely not every song I think we would go crazy if we tried to do that on every song I think we I I always want to be able to do that but then we, I always want to sing like myself and and have right. other people sing like themselves and because I th there are those Beatles cover bands and they have a niche and that's not what we, we are we're taking the music and presenting it in a way that that, that we would want to see when we play for for the audience, we feel more like we're a part of that audience rather than imitating the Beatles. Right. So at its 
we'll talk about this year in a little bit, but at its height, in terms of like how many musicians are we talking about? Like twenty ish. I mean, you got people coming on to play flute for two songs, clarinet for a couple songs, but then you have people who sing on twenty songs. Or, but the core group is probably you know uh, there's twelve guys, girls that play for maybe half the show, and then you've got the string quartet, and so twenty somewhere between around twenty ish musicians floating in and out. And at one point, or I don't know if it was multiple years, you even had like a children's choir come out not not a children's choir we had a high school string quartet and those kids still oh, play the, they, they right. still play the show they're all in college now that's awesome yeah so again i don't know if we've actually said it at this point you once a year somewhere around it used to be uh like clockwork the saturday between christmas and new year's mm-hmm. and then christmas and new year's fell on saturday and so you rearranged it one year this year it's going to be on new year's eve that you're going to play all is it 215 or 214 uh, I think it's 212 that, but then there's like, there's unreleased stuff. If you do all the albums and the singles and real love and free as a bird, which were, re- you know, released later with the Beatles anthology. If you do all of that, uh-huh. uh, it's 214 songs. Okay. But, and- but then there's solo songs that we add in. And then there's like, if you've got trouble, there's these like outtakes and things you can add in. And we do, we, you know, at, at first I never would have done that. I was like, oh, there's a purity to just their catalog. But now it's been fun to try to make every year different. And people, there's right. pe- people who are fans are like, oh, what are they going to play this year? Right. Talk through what the, the planning goes into it in a normal year. And then I want to talk about what planning goes into it this year. Um, well, so it, usually in the summer, I try to think of a vibe you know what this this last year that in 2019 i had seen uh the ocs at nelsonville music fest and they had two drummers and i i was blown away and i'm like man we have two great drummers in the group we need two kits on the stage and they need to play together and that kind of and then from there like we redid the stage setup and i told people you know whereas before i had a spreadsheet it's like you do this you do that i just told people well if you want to come out and play tambourine like the stage is open come out and you know for for the people in the group not to the audience but like right you know and 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 there were all these like pathways on the stage and it created this more inclusive communal vibe as far as i could tell that i really liked and and so every year i'm trying to do little things like hey guys here's here's a starting point and then you know every year has its own kind of different voice last year especially since you know, Paul McCartney sent us a video to introduce the show. And he said, I, I mm-hmm. think it's a great idea. I wish you good luck and good stamina and can t- keep going forever and ever. And it was it was huge. I found that out in February last year that he had made this video for us. And so I felt like, man, we got to make you had to keep that under your hat for 10 months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's I definitely told some people. But yeah, it, I it mean, was, I, I think I found out in like August or yeah. something like something big is happening and i was like what and you were like i can't tell you yeah and then it, like the next week you were like oh paul mccartney made us a video that we're opening the show with i can't show it to any i because i've been helping with some advertising and some a little bit of pr with the show and i was like we have to tell people and you're like fuck no we can't we literally can't we, no we and it it was and then the fire alarms went off the first time we showed the video and people were just confused. They were like, what? what? It sounds like he's talking about the show. We played the, I think we played the video five times at the show. I mean, I, I, 
which is over the top. But I'm like, it's like when Paul McCartney sends you a video and <laughs> like he said, don't share this online. It's for your show. Right. So I'm like, well, we're not sharing it online and we're not going to tell people, but we're going to play this a whole lot. <laughs> and it was a little gratuitous, but it just felt like, I mean, after doing this for years and years, it felt it, it, it there was parts of it that felt like a victory lap and part of it just felt like it just i don't know it's validation yeah i mean because i i I oftentimes feel like an idiot for doing this like it people are like why you do this i'm like i don't know i mean what else am i gonna do you know (laughs) like i i feel like an i I, like people i people like oh i'm sure you hear this all the time and i'm sure you're sick of it i'm like i'm not sick of it i need that validation because i oftentimes i just feel like a fool and um and so having paul mccartney say that it it was like oh wow that that's just on a whole different plane like no you know it's it's not that it's 60 seconds of his life whatever but just that connection to something that big you know this is the guy this is paul mccartney um so you know there's things like that that happen you know having kids having paul mccartney send a video that that influenced the way I approach the show or, or if I'm at a show and I see like I saw Nick Cave in 2017 and he was in the audience half the show. I'm like, why am I not in the audience half the show? Because <laughs> like this is how every show should be. So, yeah. I, you know, and and that's what's fun, too, about doing, you know, not having to dress up and replicate the behavior or of the Beatles is that we get to bring ourselves to the table or bring our influences that are not the Beatles to the table to their music and try to put on a show that presents the music in different contexts. You know, I, I want the mu- I want the music to be recontextualized every year because otherwise it just feels silly to just get up and do the same thing over and over. Although I do like the ritual aspect of that. I'm Catholic and all like the, you know, there is, there is the incense and everything that we do, but I, I also, you know, I want the, I want the sermons to be different every year. Right. How do you, what are, so, so let's talk about this year. What, um, you know, March, the pandemic came down by midsummer. I think we all sort of realized this is not going to be normal. Like, how did you, when did you make that decision? Cause you uh, had booked the Bluestone again, I imagine. Yeah. I booked it a year and a half ago. So, okay. You know, I'm competing against weddings there and stuff. I mean, it's beautiful. Right. It's a beautiful venue. I'm I so I I mean like I just booked next year for there for December 18th and it was, you know, it's like please give me this date, guys. I mean, I think they make some good money at the show, so I, I think they're happy with about it, but in September numbers were starting to go down and so I knew the show was impossible as we do it. However, mm-hmm. I did come up with the idea and I had a zoom meeting with some of the guys about it. And my idea was to get, uh, cause I'd just been to the Chappelle thing in yellow Springs. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. It's super safe. And so I was like, what if we get six venues set up at six venues and do the whole show in like two hour increments throughout the, and just go from venue to venue. And I'm glad Oh, and it would still be live. Yeah. And then we oh, would wow. stream the whole thing. But but it'd be like limited audience. And because we're right. hopping from venue to venue, like they, it makes it easier to like, 
it'd be kind of a disaster if we had to shuffle people out and clean like so i was like you know and this would also support the local music venues which are i mean they're getting decimated right now so i was like i'm convinced after going to Chappelle, i like i was kind of on a high and you know it was like beautiful outside so in cases were going down a bit and i was like you know what what if we could pull this off safe and Mm -hmm. a couple of the guys in the group were like absolutely not they were right because you know inevitably cases cases were going to go up and and it was kind of a iffy endeavor anyway so so once they shot it down and they were right to do so and and okay and then i was like okay well we're gonna let's do this as a live stream because there was never a doubt in your mind that you weren't gonna do it at all well uh, people people had like people messaged me and and said like i need this please and i was like all right i'm not gonna do anything risky and i'm not gonna be unsafe but i'm gonna it's it's a puzzle how do i how do i do it um Mm -hmm. i did and i did the thing in march by myself but i don't want to do that again like i want to play with my friends so some of the guys in the group said that they didn't feel safe and like so they're not doing it but we've been we have a small group and and we're we did a couple rehearsals at a bar little rock bar here in town you know, mm-hmm. I work there and my friend owns it. And we, we set up in a giant circle and we, we like, we had to use mics. Everyone brought their own mic so that they could hear it. Cause we were, you know, I mean, we were set up like 20 feet from each other in a giant right. circle on the perimeter of this bar. But then it's like the studio and that we're like, I mean, my friend Keith Hanlon runs secret studio in Franklinton. Originally we were going to do a big shoot and make, make it a big thing. And then people in the group caught COVID. Like a lot of people around us were getting COVID and it just became apparent that like having a big celebratory, big budget thing at a um, really, really high end studio was not going to work. So, so we, Keith's studio is a high end audio studio, but it's not a video studio. So right right, right now, like I'm in my basement and I'm practicing using this gear and my wife's going to run the switcher and, we're kind of going to do this DIY show out with really, really good sounding audio. Um, and it's, I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. The, the, we, when we play together, it sounds great. I'm stressed about all the details. I mean, this show's a nightmare to put together anyway. And the, this year's by far the hardest. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all my routines are out the window. Like I had rehearsals down. And then it's like, now we have a different personnel. And it's it's a challenge once we get playing music it's it's great but thinking okay. about everything else syncing up the audio with the video making sure all the cameras sync are synchronized together you know it's like the other day i two of the cameras weren't synchronized and then i like go down an internet rabbit hole for two hours only to find out that if you do if you have a gopro 7 and you do not shut off the um uh, the the uh stabilizing the auto stabilization then it's uh-huh. going to be two seconds out of sync. And it's like just all these like little things I would never right. think of. It's like normally I'm like, oh, it's a G sharp major seven, not a G sharp <laughs> minor seven. Now it's like, oh, not like, of course, I know that chord and all. And, and, and so it's trying to find time to like get my voice in shape and be in shape because it's it's physically demanding. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's fun. I'm not complaining about it. It's just like it's 2020. It's like everything is 10 times harder. And yeah. So, but you're pushing through, pushing through. The Confluence cast is sponsored this week by art makes Columbus. Columbus makes art. 
featuring stories about our city's incredible artists, stories full of inspiration, challenge, passion, and success. For videos, articles, an up-to-the-minute calendar of events, and an artist directory, visit columbusmakesart.com, the resource for all things arts and culture in the capital city. Yeah. What are some questions that people tend to have about the show? Well, people ask, can I play? And <laughs> and I, I mean, it's not a hard no. It's just, you know, it's getting that's hard because I have a lot of people who play the show and they want they all want to play more. They don't want to play less. So it's yeah. hard. It's hard to find room for people. Um, you know, the girl who wrote Paul McCartney, she asked me if she could play tambourine or she could play cowbell she's like i miss the cowbell like it's a big part of these a couple of these songs and i noticed it's not there i'm like well, that's awesome like that's very that's a great observation and like of course you can play cowbell and then mm -hmm. she wrote and then she got paul mccartney to introduce the show so <laughs> always if anyone ever asks you if they can play cowbell you always say yes got I, it yeah um uh and 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 you know there john wink's a big part of the show he, he's a friend of ours now but you know he met us through the show but you know i i mean it's it's hard. i like to be really inclusive but that's that's and it's so it's hard for me when people are like oh i really love the beatles can i play it's like ah i i i don't know how to work in more people honestly because it, yeah. as it is it's like logistics is really hard Hey, be at my yeah. house at this time. Be at my house at this time. We're re we're rehearsing 130 songs, and you're on 20 of them. So I have to chunk them all together. So you're not in my basement for nine hours. Right. Um, so it's uh, that's one question. Another one is uh, who plays Paul, and <laughs> the answer the answer is Paul. We all just we sing to it. They, it's fun singing all the different Beatles stylistically, and I I wouldn't want to sing just paul or just john then p uh what else do people ask like what's your least favorite song to play i, I mean the one that i bomb i mean inevitably i'll bomb something uh what's your favorite beatles song to play i mean they're all like what the one i'm playing at the moment um right. but then again like i you know and then uh but those are all good questions there's no bad questions i'm just honestly i'm thrilled that people are interested in the show and then you know it trying to think of other questions people oh how do you do it and it's like well you just do it It really feels like you're gonna die after playing that show for four hours like every year i like i forget just after it, i mean and let's be clear it's 13 total yeah yeah i but mean after four hours you're like i this I'm was gonna a, die yeah like it's every year i forget exactly what it feels like it's like i hit this point about four hours in usually it's like we're playing beatles for sale and uh -huh. we're doing like eight days a week and it's like "Ooh, i need your love girl and it's like okay and then uh and then it's like but eight days a week it's like the vocals are there the whole time and you're you're riding up there at that d and it's just like that's that's the moment it's like oh this song is breaking me like and like my throat feels like it's on fire and i'm like i look at the set list and there's like a hundred and 40 songs left and they're they're really hard right and it's like I'm, why you know the uh, joe bluth i've made a huge mistake um <laughs> and then you just you know you take a little bit of bourbon a little bit of beer a little bit of honey 
throw some Olbus oil on your throat and then like you see some kid dancing like with his giant earmuff headphones on like looking up at you like you're like oh it's his first concert and then you're like oh, i'm fine you know this is right. awesome what do you do to physically prepare run a lot um you know usually i'll do stuff like try to run like you know i i i think running a half marathon is the perfect distance so usually i'll try to run 13 miles once a week leading up to the show in addition to like smaller and try to sing the whole way too. just get used to oh, wow um so like last in in like try to do it under circumstances where i feel like dead so like go work a seven hour bartending shift and then then come home and run 13 miles at like 10 30 at night after taking care of the kids like just putting my trying to put myself in circumstances where like uh pushing past those endurance basically yeah. your endurance training it's it's mental endurance too though it's that it's that when you're like dead like when you come home from work and you just feel dead and then like okay go out and do you know trying to find those more because um just trying to find those moments in the day where i can push like get used to just pushing beyond boundaries not in like and it's super unhealthy way i hope but you know and yeah. then, you know, i try to eat right and you know drink less leading up to the show and just try to be mentally as together which is hard because it's it's you know now that there's thousands of people that look forward to the show it it, it feels like a lot of pressure and i have a really you know it's really hard i think everybody in the group is hard to sleep the night before yeah um, and but yeah just it because you do have to be in pretty decent if you're not in shape that I, there have been years where i didn't take care of myself and in the last you know few hours of the show i i was dragging yeah what's the what's the recovery like then uh it's hard i mean it just the next day i mean i recall you pretty much just every year it's like oh joe is now sleeping for the entire day <laughs> Well, the adrenaline's so high that day that you, normally I can't fall back asleep. It's like I wake up at six after falling asleep at five, and you know it's just in and out of sleep a lot of the day. I'll try to go to you know get a nice meal or something uh, with Juliet. Um, it's it's a it's it's definitely a huge come down. I think everybody in the group experiences it. We started doing like get-togethers day after the show at bars because you know we all just were like, oh man, we need to be out and see people because being home alone the day after is it's, it's very, it's jarring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it'll stream online this year. Mm -hmm. It's not ticketed, not ticketed. You are accepting donations. 100%. I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> I mean, I got all my lighting gear. I got, I'm pretty well, deep. You got to pay your musicians as well. Yeah, man. Uh, this is a job. I think that that, I was hoping you would get to it yourself. I think every year there's people that are like, you're just doing this to make money. And it's like, well, I'm working and I'm providing a service for people. Why wouldn't I want to make money on it? Well, it, I mean, I try, I've, I've given a lot of money to charity that I've made on the show. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of layers to that. First off, the show costs a whole lot to put on. So it's like, right. and second i have i'm asking a lot of the people that play the show like right rehearsals are 12 hours like that's that's an entire sunday where yep. and so so you know i have several teachers in the group they're grading all saturday they're here all sunday 
they're wiped out and then they wake up Monday morning feeling dead from rehearsal and they have to do a whole week of work. Yeah. I'm that they need to be able to come home to their spouse and children and be like, Hey, I made a little bit of money doing this. And if right. they, if they're in a, if they have the means to then take the money, which a lot of people in the group have done, they're like, Oh, this is just extra. I'm going to give it, you know, someone I, I, I know guys in the group have de- donated to uh habitat for humanity have donated to the mid Ohio food bank. That's their prerogative. But I, you know, I, who am I to say like, oh, this is my charity and you guys are doing all this for my charity. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we cooperate with charities and, but the idea, I, I don't know. I think people get weird about paying musicians. It's weird, man. Like, and we pay, like we pay the artists who do the work for the show with Thomas Gluck animated Nicholas Nassar's posters. And, you know, I, I want to make sure people are taken care of. And, and I try to make it fair too. like, kids are free at the show we could charge more for tickets we don't um Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to make money on the show i'm just trying to make sure that i never lose my shirt you know because there are years i've lost money on the show and that makes my wife really mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and (laughs) i mean we're not you you talked about you know like teachers in your band for example but the amount of time that you personally dedicate to this thing and the physical strain and the, I imagine a certain amount of like emotional and mental strain that you're bringing home. Oh yeah. You have to validate it in some way. Well, yeah. I mean, and you know, I'm taking the, taking off a lot of work during the Christmas season. So, you know, it, it definitely feels like everybody who isn't like cheering for me at the show is pretty frustrated with me by the end of December. Like <laughs> it's it because the whole point of the show is to push things to the absolute limit of like what's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I did the show, I remember being at music around and they were like, what, what are you getting these? They're, you know, they're nice. And they're making conversation. What's up? And I'm like, Oh, um, later today, I'm, he was the first one later today. I'm doing, every Beatles song and they were just like that's really dumb and (laughs) you know like I think it makes sense now but when I first started telling people about it there were most of the people who said it was a good idea are the people that play the show or Jacob Wooten most people were like a lot not most people but a lot of people were like this is really stupid and I mean it is really stupid and I'm not saying this is a genius idea Paul McCartney said it's a great idea but um (laughs) there's your validation yeah but um but yeah, no, like, I think some people on the outside look at it and say, that's a stupid human trick. And like, it was all you're it, doing it, is accomplishing an endurance challenge. Yeah. And to be fair to them, that's how it kind of started. And then it was like four years in that I was like, oh, what if it's not just like these guys like sitting around drinking beer and like yelling Beatles songs? What if like we play abbey road and it's actually the best version of abbey road people have heard and that's mm-hmm. after we've been playing for 12 and a half hours so that's yeah. the goal that's the goal and and i i'm inspired by the people i play with playing it so i, I mean i just hope other people feel inspired by that and, I, and people have told me they are they are like because i love that i love the physical extremes of it where like you do feel it like people people in the audience pick it up like oh wow they are tired and then like we're like but we're going all in here and they're just like, yes. 
I mean, I love that stuff. Like, and people, you know, I've, I've had people say, well, why don't you just do half of the show one week and ha- the other half the next week, which is a good idea. I mean, it just that defeats the pr- and same thing with this. Someone suggested, why don't you record half of it and then do the other half live? I'm like the whole point is that like, we're going out there and we're doing this and you know, it, it's, it's terrifying. Like you, you get, you get to like hour seven and you're like, you haven't used an instrument yet and you try it out and you're like, Oh, it doesn't work. Like <laughs> you have to plan for third, like for every song in, in the morning. And then like, you're not mm-hmm. playing that song for 12 hours and then you get there and you're like, Oh, okay. And it's terrifying because it's like four out one year, th- four, like we get to eight days a week, my voice is gone. And it's like, I have so many more. And this was before I had a giant crew of people who could sing this, this the sh- songs. Mm-hmm. Now I would just be like, hey, can someone sing this? I, I sound like I'm, I'm dying here and yeah. nobody needs to hear this. It's terrifying. Like four hours in, like, you know, it's like, oh, I've got eight hours left and there's all these people here and they're staring at me like, please tell me this is not the rest of the show. And you are the only person that plays every song. No, my brother and Chris and Phil Cogley played the whole show last year, too. Okay. And this year, everybody in the group's playing, the whole, including Paul Headley's going to play drums on the entire show. Oh, wow. I was like, I was like you are crazy. <laughs> he's like i it's, it's something i've always wanted to do I'm like all right <laughs> that's awesome yeah anything else you want people to know about the show obviously we'll link to the stream it's at peppercornmarathon.com anything else you want people to know just that you know to please do tune in and i mean it's free and and you know we're we're not going to be cussing or anything so you can let the kids watch it mm-hmm. um and you know we're it's it's something different and new for us so there might be some hiccups along the way but i I mean i find that kind of fun it's gonna be a journey and it's gonna be completely live so please comment like interact like i want to feel like we're connecting to you in the moment i didn't want to record this and then sit back and be like ah here you go lob Mm -hmm. this out there i want this to be something where it's like we're going to experience the last day of this very strange year with something that we know is going to be uplifting for us and something that inspires us and, and something that, that reminds us of the things that we can cling to in the upcoming three months, which could be a very desolate and bleak three months. I mean, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about like, man, winter, and I wanted to leave this for people so hopefully they can feel inspired or positive or whatever it is you need to feel i i'm gonna try to make you feel that way playing this show um yeah. i don't mean to be have hubris with that but like i really i really value the connection that i felt with people and i'm definitely pl- a big part of it is i'm playing it for myself too like just music is is every you know everything music and family and love and those are all like the things that I, I'm going to need to get through the rest of this. And I, and probably for a lot of people too. Um, and so I'll, I'm just playing with my friends. I mean, we, we decided and we were trying to think, should we do this show or not? And we, we had one little rehearsal and we were nervous because it's like, Oh, can we do this safe? And we were super spread out and we're like, okay, right. everyone's wearing masks and everything. And, and we finished the rehearsal and, and I was like, well, what do you guys think? And, and, and Phil in the group, he's like, you know, honestly, if we just got in a room and played the whole show like that and didn't broadcast it, I'd be happy with that. He's like, you hmm. know, so it's like, you know, worst case scenario, the stream gets taken down. We're still doing that. And I, I think too, you know, I, I, I know there's things where I just 
place value in the fact that people are doing them and and hopefully people can value that we're doing we're finding a way to do this trying to make make it our statement that life continues on e- even amidst this and 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 we will get through it in december 18th next year it's going to be it's going to be fun man yeah President Absolutely. Joe Biden will come to the show. It will it'll be great. <laughs> He's already RSVP. <laughs> All yeah. right, Joe. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite beetle. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great new year. Thank you.